You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 19, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Ben. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our Toy of the Week is another set of rapid-fire reviews, and our discussion topic is Toys at Retail in Australia. Again, everyone, thanks for joining us for episode 19. And how are we, gentlemen? Excellent. Thank you very much, Scott. What have we all been up to this week, Adam? What about you? Uh, not much. Um, had our ducted gas heating put in uh, <laughs> yesterday, so that was really good. The house is now livable outside of the bed. So oh. <laughs> it, It's so exciting each week hearing from Mr. Practical. <laughs> <laughs> Tires on the car, heater in the house. I mean, whatever will he do next? <laughs> that pretty bad conditioner goes in next. Oh. And, do, and do you do this work yourself or you, you pay for it? Yeah, right, eh? No, okay. <laughs> in addition to his day job, Adam is a licensed air conditioner installer, plumber, oh. electrician and gas fitter. Excellent. Okay. So, so you're handy like I am, like I'm handy at paying the bills to get other people to do it. Yeah, I figure that's kind of the point of having a job, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Ben, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not a great deal, actually. It's been one of those weird weeks. We're coming towards the end of the financial year at work, and that's a really busy time for us. And uh, just really been sort of head down, getting into that work, and to the point where uh, I haven't even done my usual routine of sort of surfing eBay for the usual want lists and. Uh, even reading some comics has been uh, pretty sort of quiet. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to getting into the new year and back to relative normalcy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had a bit of a weird week because I've been sick at the end of the week and had a couple of enforced days off work. And you know when you're kind of not well enough to, like, not not sick to just enough to be just asleep, but not well enough to really do anything yeah Yeah. so like you know it's not like i'm too sick to go to work but well enough to you know write a review or anything nothing so i've just been kind of zoning out in front of the television capping catching up on all the stuff that i record and i'm never allowed to watch when anyone else is in the house (laughs) you're not supposed to watch that stuff when you're sick you're meant to like watch dr phil and things like that i know yeah, yeah i was catching up on grim and thinking this probably isn't very restful but god i love it like (laughs) it is a good show i do like it it's awesome I, the more I watch it, the more I really enjoy it. I think that the, you know, it's really well cast and the premise is great. And um, yeah. I got a good run on it um, in the last, well, more today. The other Yesterday I wasn't really up to focusing on too much, but today I was able to kind of rest and relax. So one of those weird, you know, sick things. But anyway, we move upward and onward. Indeed. And speaking of which, let's get started. 
with some articulated news. Open the jar, The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh yeah, Dad, watch Ramman power. I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ramman, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ramman, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram-Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things that we're interested in and caught our eye this week. And Adam, you've got our first couple of bits of news. Over to you. Thanks, Scott. Um, First up, uh, we had Star Trek Minimates getting announced as a relaunch. I think it's a relaunch. We'll be just starting it up again anyway. Um, so the first one out is you get a 10-inch Enterprise with an opening nacelle section that has Captain Kirk in it. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long has it been since they've done Star Trek Minimates? Do you know? I don't know, no. But be a while, I think. Yeah. I, I do remember them vaguely, but I, they haven't been around for a while for sure, so good way to relaunch. Yep. I'm sure that'll bring in a whole bunch of different individuals that wouldn't normally be into the Minimates, so mm. it's a good way. Mm. Um, what else have we got? More Minimate news. Um, we have the next round of the Minimates 10th anniversary fan follow-up. Um, so this week it looks like there's a choice of pick two. Uh, you have essentially army builders, so there's hammer agents, there's mandroids, warwolves, Mindless ones, the Stepford Cuckoos, although realistically I don't think you need to go past five, but sure. Um, those are called Centurions, uh, Multiple Man in his classic outfit, uh, and Dire Raids. Now, oh, cool. Yeah, th- I think this is interesting because we, we, we poked fun at the first couple of rounds of this because the characters were just so obvious, and now you know, in this one, I all of those. I think you know, th- those are fantastic. <laughs> why why can, do we only have to choose two of those? I have no idea. But it's just torture. torture. I mean, I think they're great ideas. You know, Madrox, uh, Stafford Cuckoos, I don't really care about them, but, you know, all the others, Nova Corps, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a win. Um, I mean, Stafford Cuckoos is a bit of a odd one because you only need three of them. So well, there were, there were five ancient. originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although then if you go and read, what is it? End song or whatever it was, where there was the whole match. Oh, produced. that's right. So, that's right. There were more spoilers. Yeah. Can I just say, what is it with all of the pop-ups on the Marvel.com website? Ah, oh, draws me bananas. Uh, uh, yeah. like, that, it, that's so like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't want to go to a website where I have to close ten windows just to be able to see the thing that I want to read. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's weird because I thought you know. Um, the, the various, um, what do you call it, browsers, you know, prevented that sort yeah, of thing. So. It's, it's annoying. Get your act together, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. So um, of, of these mini-mates, so what are your number one choice? For this particular way? Yeah, yeah. I, I picked um, for this or this round of the poll, I picked uh, Multiple Man um, and I picked Stafford Cookies because I'm a sicko. <laughs> I would go multiple man for sure because he's a, a favorite coach of mine, and then I don't know maybe Warwolves. I love that you know kind of Alan Davis Excalibur era stuff, which is you know where these guys come from. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I'd definitely have to go for the dire rates just because I love ROM and I'd be very interested to see how they actually pull them off. Yeah. So. They're ugly. Mm. But, yeah, just... Hammer Agents, I don't know who's gagging for that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's, that's great. I, I really like those uh, choices. Cool. And there's another poll happening as well for Minimates, isn't there, Adam? There is, and it's, I think, the um, the red-headed child of the group. <laughs> So this one's over at Toys R Us, and it's an Avengers versus X-Men. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what all the details are, but hang on. The top four selection gets picked. So you get a choice between Cyclops, Phoenix Force, Emma Frost, Phoenix Force, Colossus, Phoenix Force, Phoenix Buster <laughs> Iron Man, the idea of which I find offensive, as I've said earlier. What, why um, do you find it offensive? <laughs> The idea that Tony Stark can be uh, can build us a, a suit of armor that would actually be able to take down the Phoenix okay. is just wrong. Yeah. It's like next he's going to have Galactus Buster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's good, but come on, he's not that good. No. Yeah, and at least it's realistic in that he built it in a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, keep, sorry. Keep uh, going. <laughs> the other two options are Protector, so a Nova. And uh, Scarlet Witch, which I would have thought would be the clear choice, but I don't know if they've done Scarlet Witch in a previous wave or not. They have, they have, I have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if this one looks any different or not, Scott. Uh, Colossus Phoenix Force has hair. Just after our discussion last week about whether that was just a Ramita <laughs> throwback or whether that was a storyline decision. Um, maybe, maybe the one good thing that will come out of AVX is that Colossus will get his hair back. <laughs> yeah, I think you're hoping a bit much that anything good will come out of AVX. Uh, these are just stupid. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I'm not even going to vote because I do not give a damn because I will not be buying them. <laughs> yes, it is a very odd choice. It's, uh, I don't know there's much choice at all, actually. The Scarlet Wish doesn't look any different, but then it's control art. It's not actual... Um, Looks yeah, at the yet, thing. Oh, I just accidentally voted for. Her. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I won't vote again. That's my. That's what I'm saying. I won't. Yeah, I only nice. vote once. Okay. Nice. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that, Adam. Ben, what news have you got for us? <laughs> oh, geez, how can I top that? Um, well, uh, actually, something easily, I kind of I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. We'll get to this in the discussion topic as far as toys go, but the one thing that uh, seems to be in uh, that is readily available at retail in the city that I live in is Lego. Uh, we have a couple of retail outlets with very, very good uh, setups and displays and that sort of thing. And while I've never collected the Star Wars Lego because I think it's a bit of a slippery slope, I do generally sort of try and keep up with what's coming out. But one that completely surprised me, and I, I came across purely by accident, and it was Adam that actually mentioned it, was the release of the Jabba's Palace uh, set. And uh, it, it's really groovy. I mean, obviously, you, you get Jabba the Hutt, and he's, um, you know, he's a decent size by the look of it. Um, but, I mean, the set isn't huge by any means as far as the actual building goes, but it comes with some really, really groovy stuff. It's um, it's quite nifty. So, I don't know, if, if have you guys actually seen it? I Yeah, well, I've got the pictures here, but I haven't seen it in the flesh yet. So. Yeah, I picked it. I can't remember what the retail was here in Australia. I think generally with Lego it's about 50% more than in the U.S., 
Um, but it was about $99. It was a fairly decent-sized set, and uh, which, you know, is completely um, redundant when you actually see the Lego sets made. I don't know why they need to come up with these huge boxes that they do. Um, but obviously, you know, you get Jabber and, and Bib Fortuna and uh, Salacious Crumb, etc. But uh, they've actually gone one step further, and you get Leia as Bausch and um, Chewbacca with his his manacles, wow. plus the Gamorrean guard and the um, the little green dancer chick whose name I can never remember. I think she's so, that's her official name, isn't it? The little green dancer chick. Yeah, she's some kind of Twi'lek, isn't she? Yeah, I can I, I can't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's I'm, a I'm, I'm sure our buddy John is sitting there right now going, oh, come on, it's Ethel. <laughs> oh, Ethel. Yeah, that's it for sure. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome set. It is, yeah. It's pretty groovy. I'd like, um, you know, I certainly, if I was going to get the Star Wars Lego, I'd love to get the stuff based on the uh, original trilogy. And I was actually looking at um, uh, what's Vader's Star Destroyer? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 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 yeah. Uh, but uh, I saw that in, uh, in stores the other really day well as well. We're doing really well with all the technical names, should I? <laughs> I believe Vader's Star Destroyer <laughs> was called Phil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of it as well. Oh, I'm such a non-fan. Anyway, moving right along then. Um, uh, also, we found out a few weeks ago that we were getting some assorted toys based on the Expendables. Um, there were some bits and pieces based on the first film, and later this year we actually get the Expendables 2, which I'm really excited about. But um, our, our old buddies, Diamond Select Toys, are uh, bringing out some figures based on the Expendables. Not only are they doing mini-mates, but they're actually doing 7-inch figures. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, look, I... I really enjoyed the first film. It was fun. It was a good throwback to the 80s. And these are in the 7-inch scale, so they're sort of probably compatible with the stuff that NECA do. And uh, they've solicited the first three figures, which is um, Sylvester Stallone, um, Terry Crews, and Dolph Lundgren. Now, yeah, look, the pictures are okay. Um, The sculpts, I mean, you can tell who's who, but they certainly don't have that just that little extra finesse that you'd get from something like Necker. Um, like Dolph Lundgren sort of looks a little bit exaggerated. Uh, I think Terry Crews is probably the best of the three. I've never heard of but, him. Uh, Terry Crews. Um, uh, he's, he's this ex-football player, and he's a massive dude. Like he's, he's quite tall, but he's actually extremely muscular. But a lot of people um, will have seen him without realising he was actually the father in the TV show Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, I've never heard of that either. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you? um, Everybody Hates Chris was a TV show that that was, you know, loosely based on Chris Rock as a child. So he used to do that narration over the top, you know, when I was a kid. I know who Chris Rock is. Yeah. Yeah. And I I actually thought it was a very funny show. And Terry Crews played the father. And he was was actually quite a funny guy. He does comedy quite well. But... Um, he's actually one of the biggest expendables. Like he's a he's a huge man. So, but uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for these. I think and and give them yeah, a go. Not bad looking, different. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Ben. I've got two bits of news. First of all, we've seen actual product pics now of the Kotobukiya Bishoju Power Girl. Um, we've seen the art for a while that gave us an indication of what the pose would be, but now we've actually got um, some really clear shots of the production piece, and she looks great. Um, 
really nice, fun pose. And, um, uh, you know, Power Girl, there's always a kind of fine line between the cute and the sexy and then just the over-the-top ridiculous. And I think they've got a, yeah. you know, a nice balance there, um, you know, of not she's, – she's not completely falling out of her top or anything. So she'll look great with the rest of the set, I reckon. I'm not sure if the base that she is shown on there is what she comes with, but it's pretty plain. But that's that's okay. Yeah, well, I don't. I, don't, I, I prefer a plain base to a busy base, but then I also prefer a plain base that somehow fits the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think I guess if they can't incorporate it in, then it's better just to keep it plain. Um, I still, yep. you know, I think some of my favorites in the Bishoju line are some of those early ones like Scarlet Witch, um, where her cape formed the base. So it was all kind of, you know, one piece, very clever, um, in that sense. And some of them have been a bit forced. So I'd rather have plain than silly, like the, 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 yeah. the black yeah. cat, um, skyline with spider-man face that one really bugs me <laughs> oh yes yes <laughs> yeah but th- th- this looks like a, a definitely a good addition to the dc line and then secondly we also have up for order the scarlet witch statue from bowen designs this is a new um sculpt that uh, is credited to tim miller with randy bowen and there's been a bit of discussion around this because what we saw originally was this same pose but with a huge flowing cape and then some people um you know commented that oh that's really big it's going to take up a lot of display space so they showed a version with just a a standard cape as well and what they've ended up doing is putting the standard cape version up for um pre-order and that will be the one that appears in diamond and then they've said that the big flowing cape version is going to be a bowen website exclusive somewhere down the road um i'm probably more inclined to buy the plain cape version just because you know i'm buying these characters to display as part of a team part of a group and that flowing cape version is going to be beautiful but it's going to take up a lot of space Um, but i'm not 100 percent sold on the the head sculpt on this figure, I just something about the face uh, that just doesn't quite work for me. To me, it's it's not even a face because I can't get past the hair. I mean, the the look. I, I thought the billowing cape was uh, astonishing mm. um, when I saw it. But uh, like you, I was really torn on it. I just thought, wow, it's credit to them for going with something like this uh, and giving it a go, but. Um, wow, it was really over the top. Uh, I thought the action Thor um, had a pretty <laughs> wicked cape on him, but that was nothing compared to the Scarlet Witch. But the thing that throws me with this statue completely is they've changed the billowing cape to just a hanging cape, but they've left her hair the same. Yeah. So she, she's got a hair that's blowing everywhere, and then her cape is just hanging perfectly still. Like, does anyone else find that a, a tad odd? Um yeah, I don't know. I'm still watching Bon Jovi videos, but you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe it's just been teased up with some hairspray or something, and it's yeah, nothing yeah. to do with the wind. I don't know. Um, yeah, a bit strange. It doesn't look like Scarlet Witch hair to me. You know, look, yeah. And I don't know. There's just something about the face that is a bit too China dollish, expressionless, and you know, yeah. I'm still going to buy it. Um, because I don't have the I don't have the original Bowen 
Scarlet Witch, and I'm not, I've seen it in person, I'm not super fond of it either. Um, but I think mm. I'll definitely go with this one, not the Billowing Cape version, because I, you know, I don't, I don't have room for too many statues that require so much space to, to display, which that one will take up. And I don't like the face enough to give that amount of space and money to it. Well, if I was actually, now that I'm sort of really studying it, um, quite, quite closely, um, her head is very large. Like her face looks really small for the size of the head and the oh. hair. She's got this full-on kind of 80s buff sure hairstyle. Sorry, can Ugh. you just interpret that for the American audiences? You mean you mean share, <laughs> don't you? Share, sorry. sorry Australi- share, Australians share. say share, Co- which I'm sorry is just retarded <laughs> because her name you, is share. You show Coda Bakia, I say Coda yes, Bakia. Blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Well, a, you know, I've been wrong there's a, before. There's a difference and, between but, pronunciations of things that are culturally different, like tom- tomato and tomato, and then if some, but if someone's name is Cher and they say their name is Cher, there is no other pronunciation of it. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I've got I've got one word for you here: aluminum. That's different. It's different. That is different. That is an that's an nice. accepted thing. It's called aluminium in in Australia. It's called aluminum. That's how it's said in America. That is different from a person or a company that has one name. Share is not is she, not anything else in any other country. She share because that's her name. Just like if you, we don't, if we go to somewhere else, your name isn't Bun. It's Ben because that's your name. No, it is Bun. In oh. New also- <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but, but that, and then to not pick sides, a... <laughs> aluminum is aluminum because it's spelt differently when they it spell it. It is spelt differently. <laughs> thank you, no, Adam. You're wrong. <laughs> that, that, don't thank Adam. That just means you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and right there, right there, we've seen Adam put the uh, the the president of the Australian Sure Fan Club in his place. <laughs> There you go. I don't know what that has to do with the Bowen Scarlet Witch, but oh, hello. <laughs> Never let it be said that we can stay no, on topic. No way. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the main thing that we got out of that is that Ben is wrong. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, as I said, I've been wrong before. 97 was a bad year. <laughs> okay. Well, unless anyone has anything else to sure. Um, <laughs> We might move on. Is that <laughs> okay? All right. Well, <laughs> on, on that illuminating note, um, that wraps up the articulated news. Uh, and now we are handing over to our friend John, also known as Engineer Nerd from TV, Film, and Toys, for the next installment of the AFB podcast game. Name that. Hi, my name is. Howdy, howdy, howdy. This is Engineer Nerd back with another installment of Name That, um, everybody's favorite toy guessing game. Last week you heard this sound from a commercial. Unbeatable! Launching! Deep sea camera ready! Fire the disc! 
and I would imagine some of you are splish-splashing around with this as it's getting into summer up here in the States. This was from the Spider-Man 2000 Web Splashers playset commercial. Um, yeah, uh, Spider-Man water. I, I don't know very many spiders that like water, but, you know, but whatever. Um, we'll let them them have their little fun, I guess. Uh, this week, we're going to go back to hearing an actual toy, and... It is going to sound like Sounds pretty cool and refreshing. We'll hear that one more time. If you think you can identify that particular sound, pop on over to the Action Figure Blues forum and uh, drop a guess on there. Even if you don't know what it is, maybe if you ask for a hint, maybe I'll drop you one. Um, Otherwise, go over to uh, TV and Film Toys and visit me over there. This is Engineer Nerd saying, as always, peace out. Hi, my name is... Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. This week we're bringing you another set of rapid fire reviews. We're each going to be taking five minutes and five minutes only to give you a quick rundown of a recent acquisition. And Adam, you are up first and your time starts now. Um, so this week I've gone for the Gotham City Stories. Um, you know, meant to be like a statue slash wall plaque mount line. They did four of them. I think it was going back a year, uh, about two years. Um, the first one was Batman. The second one was Catwoman. The third one was the Joker, and the fourth one was Harley sitting on Robin's head. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> so with each one you have, you know, um, essentially it's the same base um, window ledge. Um, there's a little background behind the character. The character's coming out of the window. Um, the window frame and panes are different for each one. Um, and there's a little, I don't know, what, do you, what would you call that, like a little um, symbol above the character that kind of gives you an indication as to who they are in case you didn't recognise them on site. Okay. Um, so Batman has a little bat. Catwoman has a cat. Joker uh, <laughs> has a smiley, uh, Harlequin-y kind of face, and Harley has a little face that looks like Harley's head, kind of thing. Um, so they're very well sculpted. Um, I think there's a little bit of a pain app issue on the Robin on my one of that, um, but they they're not too heavy um, or anything like that. They come with, um, you know how photo frames have the fold-out standy bit at the back? Mm. Oh, so yeah. they've got, yeah, so they've got that if you don't want to mount it on the wall. Oh, wow. If you did want to mount it on the wall, they come with um, two little hook slots so you can basically just put screws in the wall and slot it onto the wall and hang it on the wall. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're quite fun. I mean, you know. The Catwoman one, she's got her whip and she's got a bag of loot and she's got a little cat with her, although some of the pictures show the little cat has a necklace in its mouth and some don't. Mine doesn't have a necklace in its mouth. Oh. 
Yeah. Riptide. Batman's holding his batarang and he's got like a little wire cable that comes out of that and wraps around his hand. Um, Harley's sitting on Robin's head and then she's got all the stuff on her um, windows about how much she loves Joker. Joker's got loot and he's got um, acid burned windows, which kind of indicates how he got in and out. Yeah. (laughs) Very fun. So do you have these mounted on a wall? I don't. I have them in my nerd room, um, mainly because I couldn't possibly bring myself to go putting more holes in the wall and then risk that I didn't put the holes in the right spot and have them fall off and break. Mm. That that would worry me too, like, you know, (laughs) hanging, hanging a statue on the wall. Yeah. Particularly after having survived an earthquake this week, but that's another story. I forgot to mention that in um, – <laughs> I won't take up your five minutes to talk about that. I'll talk about it later. Um, and the, and you don't, and they're not heavy. They're not particularly heavy, no. Like I'm just trying to pick up other things that are around that are about the same weight. They're probably maybe the same size as a, you know, 1,000-page paperback novel, but so they're not too heavy at all. How much did these run for retail in Australia? I can't remember how much they ran for initially, but by the look of a quick couple of searches on Google, you're now looking at upwards of um, 80 bucks for one of these US. Okay. Is that um, plus shipping? That's not including Ooh. shipping. So, yeah. I, I like the Batman in particular, the way that his um, cape is flowing out at an impossible angle but still you know looking <laughs> very very cool um yeah that that one strikes me um yeah that one's quite good as well um i think the silliest of them is probably the harley one um but the other thing is joker's face looks a little bit weird i'd say mm. um and he's also got like a little bit of red i don't know like they've put like a little bit of red wash or something on his eye, so he gets, like, red-looking eyelids, which I guess is a good detail, but, yeah, does look a bit funny, like he's, you know, been smoking something that he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> is um Catwoman's bag of loot, is that sculpted or is it a bag? It's sculpted. Oh, okay. As are, as are Jokers, they're both sculpted as well. Oh, cool. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm quite happy with those. They get a nice place in my uh, nerd room. Fantastic. And that is time. Thank you, Adam. Well done. Cool. Well done. I am next. Okay. Oh, wait. I'll just reset and my time starts now. And I am reviewing the Kotobukiya <coughs> Kia um, Bishoju Mystique statue, <laughs> which I mentioned recently in Acquisitions. Um, this is, there's been, I'm about to put a full review of this up at the blog at actionfigureblues.com. This is part of the kind of second wave of Bishoju um, Marvel pieces, which have the larger scale, so that's like in a one-seventh scale, as opposed to the original set that were a bit smaller. Um, this is a bit different from um, some of the others in that she is in a kneeling pose. So, but, but if you put her up against some of the original pieces like Rogue, she's almost the same height. So <laughs> it creates a, you know, one, a, one of the display issues as part of the way that they've changed the scale in this line, but I've just got to get over that, I guess. Um, it is a, a really fantastic piece in and of itself. One thing that I was really surprised by when I first got this out of the box is that it comes with a 
a stand around um, quite large, clear, circular stand, and the there are prongs in each end of her sash that's lying on the ground that are meant to stick in it. And so it means that if you don't want to use the stand and you just want to put her on the ground, they're kind of noticeable. It does. It, she still sits level, but um, I, I was a bit surprised because I didn't see the stand in any of the promo shots, and I kind of liked the idea of this just being designed as a freestanding piece to stand on the ground. Um, so that put me off for a moment. It takes up a bit more display space because obviously, you know, it's got a, a wider diameter, but ultimately, you know, it, it, it works. It just was a bit of a surprise. Um, it's a, a very, very nicely sculpted piece. It's done by Shunya Yamashita, who has done most of the pieces in this line. Um, I really like the way that there's a, all the natural folds of the, you know, the fabric and, and her boots, um, are, you know, all done very cleverly. Her boots are really well sculpted. Her, her belt of skulls is a separate piece and it stands out really nicely because it's finished in quite a different way from the way that the rest of the figure is finished in that, um, you've got a, a glossy white paint that's been used on all of her outfit and then obviously a, a duller flat paint that's been used on the skulls to, um, make them look a bit different. Um, the head sculpt is, you know, I think a good balance of capturing the character, but also sticking with the sensibilities of the Bishoju line. Um, she's got the translucent bits at the end of her hair that are becoming a bit of a trademark of the, the, the Bishoju line, which I like. And she also has a removable gun. So not, not many of these come with accessories. The only other one I can think of is Psylocke with her, her swords. Um, but she, she, yeah. she has a, a removable gun, um, which you, you kind of need to, to use because otherwise she looks a bit silly. Um, so, yeah, it's a, like I said, the base, you know, creates a bit of a drawback for me, I think, because it means that um, she takes up more room to display than what you might like. But I, I like the, the fact that they have sculpted her kneeling because it does create the opportunity to create some levels within the larger pieces. Um, no good for putting alongside the, the original ones. I've got mine displayed separately, basically, from um, kind of, uh, the original Black Widow up until Emma Frost or Phoenix, I can't remember which one came last, and then Black Cat kind of starts a new um, line of larger figures with the giant Miss Marvel just kind of standing in the middle of them looking looking <laughs> giant for no reason. <laughs> I still haven't figured that one out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I think mainly because of the base, because I'd just think it's a little bit clunky and um uh, and unnecessary i don't you don't need it and the fact that you you can't really display it without it because of the prongs in the bottom of the sash bugs me um but it's it's very nicely done and i i still am enjoying um collecting this line even though i'm having trouble getting over the abrupt change in scale which apparently was based on feedback that they'd received that people wanted them to be bigger so there you go i'm just wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any questions about Mystique? I I don't actually keep up with which characters are coming out. I see them solicited all the time, and there's often discussion on the forum, etc. So, going into this review and just sort of listening to it, I sort of thought, gosh, I thought Mystique had been and oh, gone. She has, and she's not. She's out. not brand new. She's not brand new. Oh, sorry, that's okay. time. 
No, she's not brand new. Electra has, is just coming out at the moment. Um, yeah, oh, okay. so uh, Mystique and X-23 have been out for a little while, but um, I, okay. I'm just that's where I'm up to in reviewing her, and because it was on my mind, I thought it was an easy one to do. Right. No, no, that's all right. I, I mean, I just get a bit confused as to who's out and who's coming yep. out, et cetera, et cetera. But have they actually repeated any characters, like different poses or anything like that? Or have they been pretty good at just bringing out um, new characters? No, the, they've done variant costumes. Yeah, yeah but, they've done variants. But yeah, in terms yeah. of the only – I mean, we've seen Jean Grey as Phoenix and then Jean Grey as Jean Grey. But in terms of, cool. you know, characters in different poses, um, there is a new Black Widow coming out and – that's the first kind of repeat character. Ah, okay, that's probably, um, yeah, yep, yep. But fair enough, because Black Widow was, you know, the, the first one and very hard yes. to find. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's a fair enough one to do again. Anyway, okay. that's cool. well and truly cool. my time. And um, I'm really looking forward to this one because we haven't even been allowed to see a link yet. So, Ben, off you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I, I think the story uh, about the acquisition of this figure is uh, actually... <laughs> you guys could have got it straight away. <laughs> um, I, I think the acquisition was uh, more fun than the actual figure. Oh, my um, goodness. What the hell? <laughs> this is my five minutes. Oh, Thank you very much. Um, look, this this figure has all sorts of names, and um, because it varies from site to site... <laughs> I. I just refer to it as Crapper Spider-Man. And <laughs> the reason I call it Crapper Spider-Man is this figure is essentially Spider-Man sitting on a toilet. Uh, Crapper being a popular Australian um, slang for a toilet. Um, I was in Melbourne and I, my wife had gone off shopping to do girly shopping things and I was wandering around. So as is not unlike me, I ended up in Chinatown and... There is a shopping arcade in Chinatown, Melbourne, that uh, has entrances between Collins and Little Collins streets. And while I was walking along, I just happened to look up uh, and about the third sort of floor, the third story of the shopping complex, uh, I, I saw a life-size Astro Boy. And I thought, oh, that's intriguing. And I wound my way up to a shop. That was very odd. It was one of those very unusual Chinatown stores that seemed to have combinations of clothing, books, toys, and, and they had sort of an assortment of toys. There was the odd Lord of the Rings item still getting around. There was the odd DC Universe Classics type figure. None of the prices were anything special. Um, but they also had a lot of toys that were moving, were battery operated or whatever. So there was the usual, you know, that cat with the one arm that waves to you, et cetera, that you see everywhere. <laughs> and as I was sort of looking in this big display window of the various toys, I saw a series of figures and it's one of the few English phrases on this figure is it's called toilet shaking toys. <laughs> and it was quite... <laughs> that is just it was... frightening, can I say? Sorry. I know. And it literally was a series of toys, toys if you want to call them that, that basically feature characters sitting on a toilet reading a book. <laughs> but um, to, to, to add to this, the figure is actually solar power. There's a small solar panel on what I guess is the top of the cistern of the toilet and when it's exposed to light the figure sits there and their head bobs forward 
and backwards. The head just sits there bobbing away because I guess that's what you do when you're on the toilet. Um, and so I, I was somewhat amused by these figures because there was a whole whole bunch of them there and they featured mainly uh, sort of Japanese licensed characters like um, Ultraman and, and that sort of thing. There was even sort of half a dozen devoted to Hello Kitty. and Hello Kitty on somewhat, the toilet? Yes, exactly. Uh, look, I, I'm not even going there. So um, I, I was quite amused by this and as I was perusing these figures, I noticed they had a Spider-Man and I just was completely taken aback by this uh, I mean, it's not really an action figure. It's just a toy, and it's Spider-Man sitting on the toilet reading a magazine, and his head bobs <laughs> forwards and backwards while he reads a book on the toilet. Um, it's just completely perplexing. So, look, this—I'll just go into a bit more detail. But this figure—it's uh, it, clearly an exaggerated Spider-Man. It's one of those ones where he has a giant head and a very small body. Um, so, you know the the. The eyes on the mask are, are quite large, etc. And he's probably, I think the figure measures in at about sort of, uh, I think it's around four and a quarter inches tall, so about 11 centimetres tall. Um, the figure comes with a really weird box and you can kind of display it with the, the box, but the background makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's almost like a... Um, I think it's actually like Tim Burton's um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, and so you've got Jack Skellington's what? head. Yeah, yeah. The the tree in the background is like a, um, a a desiccated Christmas tree and you've got Jack Skellington ornaments hanging off it. But for some reason, Spider-Man's swinging through the sky. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Um, so Five this seconds. figure is just bizarre and... Look, I, I, I'm going to go over the time because I have to read out some of the um, the oh, details. Fine. The bell, the buzzer's gone. Okay, uh, this this will just help put it in perspective if I, if I read the specifications. For example, the cutie bean curd shaped head nods, which is extremely lovely. <laughs> Very good English. Uh, can be securely connected to the included base pad or used standalone. Mm-hmm. What, the toilet? Relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, relaxes your sense. Oh. Uh, adds unique moods to home and workplace. Brings you lots of smiles and happiness. Yeah. Uh, a most lovely toy for people at all ages as well as a decoration to your house. <laughs> so um, I, I just... In the end, this figure was just so ridiculously bad that it is just awesomely good, and uh, I couldn't help. I had to buy it. It only cost about $10. Do so you actually own this thing? I do, and since he doesn't really have a name that I can sort of, like, you know, I can't find an official name, I think if you if you type something like um, Solar Spider-Man Toilet, you bring up three or four. <laughs> Three or four websites, <laughs> some of which you probably shouldn't bring up, but <laughs> uh, but you, you'll find a couple of those online sort of weird stores that are selling them for about that ten dollar price. Um, but look, because uh, there doesn't seem to be any official name, I just can't help but refer to him as Crapper Spider Man. So, in the last two weeks, you have given us a vision of you as Sailor Moon, which I have still not recovered from. And now 
we have not it's actually hello kitty on the toilet that has has thrown me like you know <laughs> more, more than anything like, so far out which one of our other you know pop culture icons are you going to desecrate on this <laughs> on this podcast seriously uh, give, give me time i need a good uh, i need a lead up oh, dear God. <laughs> you know the funny part is i've got one of these that's not spot me. what <laughs> these i got given it for like a birthday present by friends like a couple years back so and you think you would think that the nodding thing is amusing right but in the middle of the night it drives me bats yeah. <laughs> it's solar charge so a couple of hours after it's gone dark particularly in summer and you just hear this <laughs> of the head going and i'm going what the hell is that noise is something dripping and you walk around the house and go oh it's the bloody nodding thing again Yes, it, it does actually make noise. Um, I, I have actually found another link that has uh, a picture of others in the series, and there's actually one of Mickey Mouse um, <laughs> sitting on the toilet. Because you know how the <gasps> Japanese are fascinated. Oh my goodness, I've just seen a group shot of a whole. But I've seen Hello Kitty. Damn you, Ben! <laughs> Far out. Damn me to hell! <laughs> but did you notice that? that we've got Winnie the Pooh, which is quite yes. accurate. Oh, my gosh. Poo, can, can I say poo on the toilet? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to put the links. Uh, well, I'm wrapping this up because I'm, I'm, I need a therapy break now. <laughs> that wraps up our Toy of the Week and our rapid-fire reviews. And when we come back, if we survive, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Big Mac to my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got junkyard dogs. It's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. Here's Tori the Animal Steel. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steel. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. Can you tell the difference? Wrestling superstars. They're for real. We're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And Adam, I'm going to hand over to you first. What is new in the Adam household this week? Apart from air conditioning, not so much. Um, (laughs) Being the tragically practical person that I am, I got really upset a few weeks ago when I couldn't find new pairs of flannel pyjamas that looked any good, so I... (laughs) Did what all good nerds do and jump onto Cafe Press to try and find a pair that were more appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, is that what all nerds do, do they? Oh, I don't know. It's what this one does. Okay. Um, in any case, I kind of went, well, you know what would be kind of vaguely amusing? would be a game of, pair of Game of Thrones pyjamas that has something about winter is coming. So <laughs> off I went and, and in no time found a pair that I, I got and got myself a pair of that ordered and they arrived um, last week and they're extremely comfortable. Are we, do we get a photo? Um, I couldn't find. I think the the pair that I've got, the because it's essentially just a standard set of flannel bottoms and then you know a t shirt. But the t shirt pattern is not available anymore. So someone has done something, but I don't know. Well, we just need a photo of you in your PJs. Yeah, so well, yeah, we'll get that lined up for you. Awesome. Put it in the enhanced podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's thousands of people dropping their phones on the street right now. Ah! <laughs> what is that? <laughs> So, so th- that's your acquisitions? That's my acquisition. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the first time that pajamas have featured on the podcast. But um, in a podcast episode so far where we have discussed the correct pronunciation of share and uh, discussed characters on the toilet, it seems somehow appropriate. Doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Ben, what mysterious wonders have you got to share with us this week? Um, nothing toilet related. Oh, thank uh, God. Yeah, this week it was just pretty um, a standard. I got my Bowen Designs The Thing statue, as in Benjamin J. Grimm from the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting in that it's it's the second Thing statue that Bowen has done, and if the original one was an action pose, this is, I guess, the museum pose. But because of the shape of The Thing and the way his arms are positioned, he's not quite the standard sort of museum. He doesn't just sort of have, say, his arms sort of close by his sides or his arms folded or something like that. His arms are actually out to the sides. And uh, so I think Randy said he he based the the thing on the John Byrne sort of rendition uh, from when John Byrne was doing Fantastic Four. Uh, And I have to say this statue is fantastic. I love it. Um, It was one of those ones I thought would probably sort of sell out and I wasn't sure how heavy it'd be, so I got it through my local comic shop. Um, And it really is just beautiful. They've sort of done a really nice wash uh, over the the orange, so instead of just being a a fairly straightforward colour, you really do get quite a um, range of colours through the texture of the rock. Um, Yeah, and and it's spot on. And uh, just one side note, Randy Bowen's got a competition running on statuemarvels.com where he wants people to essentially sculpt a cigar to put in the thing's mouth. And the person who does the best cigar um, will actually get a thing sketch by Randy Bowen. So I'm going to have a go at sculpting a cigar. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Anything else from you? Nope, that's it. Cool. I'm actually waiting on that thing statue. I think my um, post office box, because I do not trust Australia Post to deliver things to my house because they leave them when they're not supposed to. Um, my post office box is near where I work and because I, I haven't been at work. I think my thing's waiting for me there and I haven't got it yet. I didn't get any PJs either, um, <laughs> but I did get the – well, I, I guess I have to call it DC Collectibles, although it has DC Direct on the box, the Superman versus Wonder Woman mini statue. Um, which has been it was delayed um, from when it was originally meant to come out. My lovely comic book shop, All Star Comics in Melbourne, did a fantastic job of chasing it for me and making sure that I got it. And I am not disappointed by it at all. Um, it's sculpted by Ray Villafane, who is a um, a favourite sculptor of mine. He's not doing a lot of superhero stuff anymore. Um, because he's too busy sculpting pumpkins. <laughs> he's actually got a reality show in the U.S. that's all about like the the amazing things that they carve out of pumpkins. It's absolutely unbelievable, and he's become a, a full time pumpkin carver. How bizarre! I, I know, but it's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, this is not made out of pumpkins. You'll be pleased to know. Um, this is made out of your good old standard cold cast porcelain, and. Uh, DC Direct slash Collectibles is doing a really good job of going back to a lot of these larger multi-part statues and reissuing them as mini statues. So we've had um, Flash versus Gorilla Grodd, which is fantastic. We've had Green Lantern versus Sinestro, and now Superman versus Wonder Woman. Um, I was pleased to see that unlike the... um, 
Sinestro versus Green Lantern, that this is a lot more sturdy. My original Green Lantern versus Sinestro mini statue broke, like as I was taking it out of the uh, packaging, the the link between the two arms just shattered and came yeah. apart. Um, but this is a lot more sturdily put together. Wonder Woman's uh, boot is resting on Superman's chest, but it's all sculpted as one piece, and there's obviously a good strong rod going through it. So um, I, I'm not worried about breakage. Uh, it's really nicely painted and detailed for a mini statue. The only thing that I'd chip it a little bit for is the facial expressions are a little bit blank. They're not as angry as they should be if they're fighting. Um, but it is really dynamic pose because you've got Wonder Woman, you know, up in the air with the the lasso flying around and it's a really really grivy piece um and the other thing that i got was the bowen ms marvel modern mini bust this is a bit of an interesting one it's um sculpted by i need to just check my link somebody that i haven't heard of before called roberto von Baer, not a common bowen sculptor it's got a slightly different kind of feel to it from maybe your standard bowen bust but i quite like it it's got flowing hair and um you know a bit of a a rigid pose but it's powerful the one thing that uh the the online freak out people who love to freak out when they first get a statue and take a photo of it in bad light were freaking out about was that they thought that the blue was too greenish but i didn't find that at all um it isn't as solid blue as what you'd see in the photo it does have a little bit maybe more of a blue greenish tinge to it but it's still it it is definitely blue um the eyes are painted on straight which is a bonus um don't take that for granted and uh i mean it's it's a really nice nice piece i've been waiting for uh a, a good Ms. Marvel museum statue because the Ms. Marvel Bowen statues that have come out so far are action ones and they're a little bit smallish scale wise to, to the rest of um, the, the statues that I would want to display them with. So uh, I might get the, the retro Ms. Marvel um, statue one day action, but I'd like to get a Ms. Marvel museum if it ever comes out, but the mini bust will uh, suffice in the meantime. And just because I got to mention it earlier, the other thing that I got this week was an earthquake. <laughs> we were, it was, uh, it must have been Monday night, I think, uh, or maybe it was Tuesday. Um, but uh, came home, I oh, know it was Monday night, came home late from work because I've been doing a presentation, standing there at about 8.30, and I was right near my display, and I heard all my cabinets rattling. And then I heard rattling from further down in the house as well, because I thought, first of all, I thought it was some animal jumping on something or whatever. And then, uh, but then I realized actually uh, the house is actually shaking. Um, my kids were so excited. Um, and you know, it was a decent, it was a 5.3. I think they decided in the end, which is, you know, not nothing to sniff at. Now I, I, my wife and I have lived in LA, um, where you wake up in the middle of the night and go, what the hell is that? Oh, it's just an earthquake and go back to sleep. Um, you know, so I felt worse, but the kids were, when they realized that was an earthquake, they were jumping up and down and around and so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Never knew a natural disaster could be such an exciting thing. But my two Ikea Detolfs that I have a whole bunch of statues displayed in rattled for about five minutes afterwards. Oh. I was like, please don't shatter. Please don't shatter. Please don't shatter. <laughs> yeah. like, I was kind of standing there holding them and Janet was like, oh, that's not going to help. That's like, <laughs> so that's my other acquisition this week was a, an earthquake. 
wow, that should, that's enough. That's enough, yeah. <laughs> but it did make me realize, like, gosh, it wouldn't take much more to bring a few statues down, I don't reckon. It, mm. it, you know, nothing, nothing. Oh, well, sorry, some of my um, youngest daughter's plastic horses that she has displayed actually fell over, um, but they're, they're very lightweight, but nothing else in the house fell over. But, you know, given give her another few notches up on the richer scale, and I reckon I'd be looking at some serious statue damage. Yeah, that is one that we never really sort of take into consideration, do we? It's, uh, it's usually just about protecting them from dust and things like that. That's right, not earthquakes. Good grief. Mm. Although I suppose if there was a real earthquake, it would be the least of your worries. Yeah. Well, uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Forget the cat, grab my angel statue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, She-Hulk, she's my favourite. <laughs> All right, well, if no one has any other items or natural disasters to report, No. Nope. Okay. Then it is time to award another red card to someone or something in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be the unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. Handing out the penalty this week is Ben, so over to you, Ben. Thank you, Scott. Uh, it's usual for us to poke fun at the big guys, such as Hasbro and Mattel, but this week uh, I've gone a little bit further and I'm handing the red card out to everybody. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it, it's this time of the year that we all start to get very excited about the San Diego Comic Con, and with good reason. San Diego, you know, it is the biggest show on earth, and we do tend to get a lot of announcements. We get to see... Uh, a lot of previews and, and that sort of thing. And really it's the, the show that guides us for the next 12 months. Uh, we, we see a lot of product that then you know, starts to ship uh, over the, the subsequent months, etc. But uh, one of the things that seems to be uh, regular now, San Diego Comic-Con, are the show exclusives, the ones that you can only get at the show for about six hours before they're available at numerous retailers and eBay <laughs> and everything else. And so they produce these limited edition items that aren't limited edition. And the thing is, the the number of them that are nothing but coloured variants of existing items just drives me crazy. It's... Um, you just see these companies just cranking out figure after figure and they just slap some different paint on it or they cast it in a different coloured plastic. And it's like, really? That's, or, that's or the best blood, you can do. Or seems to be fashionable this year as well. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's a um, the, the Walking Dead uh, Michon figure um, from, what is it, Sky, Sky someone or other. And basically it's the exact same figure that you'd get at retail except that it comes with a, a bloody poncho. Um, and you know, the, the Brock Sampson variant, for, um, comes with you know, blood splatter and it's like, really, really, that's it. I mean, come on guys. That's, um, that's pretty average. And, uh, sometimes the variation is, is not too bad. Like for instance, there's uh, a Bishoju statue that, um, uh, of X-23, the Marvel character in the X-Force costume. It's like, mm, okay, that's not too bad. Um, but then there's an awful lot of that sort of thing because then they follow it up with a variant of Storm in the white costume and really it's just not even an actual variant of the costume. It's it's one costume painted a different colour. Mm. Um, some of those, you know, Storm's costumes are slightly different between the colours, so repainting one uh, another colour is a 
bit of a, a bit of a cheat, I guess. And but there's even one of the ones that frustrates me uh, is usually I'm quite a fan of Necker, and they release a limited edition, or a San Diego Comic Con exclusive Predator figure. And they basically just take an existing Predator figure and cast it in clear plastic and then call it a cloaked Predator. Um, <laughs> look, and, and, look, that's that's not a bad idea. Um, I mean, the Predators do go invisible, so you make them out of clear plastic and it looks like they're invisible, kind of. But really, with the number of Predator figures they've actually released, I think they're on Series 6 now, you think they would actually have enough parts to cobble together some kind of unique Predator, just make it up. Now, I don't know whether that's a licensing restriction or, or what it is, but um, come on, guys, you can you can try harder than that. I suppose they're a bit damned if they do and damned if they don't because if they make something exclusive that everybody wants, then people are going to yell at them for you know, not um, making it accessible enough. And then yet if they, you know, and probably for the numbers that they're making, you know, it may be, you know, too costly to do a new mold or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, it does. I think particularly when it's like, you know, you can buy this figure somewhere else, but it won't have blood on it or that, or the, the lazy repaint where it's not even, if it was the real white costume, you know, a, a real white costume variant of Storm, which is a very different outfit, would be a very genuine um, difference. But just a lazy repaint seems like it's just um, lazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when people do it right, it, it works really well. So, for example, uh, when I think it was Kid Robots did their blind box figures, uh, they actually introduced the uh, South Park figures by doing um, a limited edition, you know, uh, dead um, Kenny figure. And so Kenny was all bloody and beaten and that sort of thing. And then when the South Park blind box figures actually came out, that that particular figure was not part of the series. Like you could only get it at San Diego and uh, it went for huge dollars. Um, and so to me, you know, that is an actual sort of, you know, a genuine show special basically. Now, not just taking the existing Kai Arts Batman Arkham Asylum figure and making it black and white. <laughs> All right. I think that's a, a, a very <laughs> fair red card, really. <laughs> and it's and it's not just because it's the, the one-off. It is it's just this seeming trend. Maybe it reflects the economy. You know, maybe it just reflects um, the state of the market. But it does seem like it could have been more imaginative, yeah? Yeah. So, everybody, you get my red card of the week. Red cards for everyone. <laughs> All right. As Mr. Horse would say, no, sir, I don't like it. No, he doesn't, he doesn't like it. <laughs> Didn't we quote Mr. Horse last week? We did. Oh, excellent. <laughs> but at least nobody this week has said badass. <laughs> uh, until now. Uh, until now. <laughs> all right. Well, coming after all those well-deserved fails is our discussion topic of the week. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes. I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures be sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. Our discussion topic this week is toys at retail in Australia. 
or as we like to call it, Oz. And this is actually a topic that has been suggested by a couple of our listeners from overseas who, amongst other things, have said that they're interested in knowing what it's like for us trying to collect here in Australia, what lines are available, and what the retail scene here is like. So we thought that we would take up that challenge and spend a little bit of time in this episode giving you a bit of a picture of the retail scene here in Australia for toy collectors. So now, the first question is one that I have to throw over to you, Ben and Adam, because I I'm a um, a late arrival to Australia. I came here 21 years ago when I was 21, so I don't have any early childhood memories of <laughs> toys at retail in Australia. But um, what about the two of you? What, what's your earlier memories of what it was like uh, shopping for toys here in Australia? Uh, oh, are you happy for me to go first, Adam? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> cool. Um, I was five years old when Star Wars came out. And I, I loved it straight away. And I can remember my mother bringing home a Luke Skywalker in Tatooine outfit, one of the original, um, I think it was a 12 back or 10 back or whatever it is they refer to it in, in Star Wars collector circles figures. Uh, and I, I was just loved it. And this figure, I, I played with it. And I can remember a few days later, um, we went shopping and I, I said to my mother, you know, can we try and get some more of the figures uh, that were shown on the back of the card? And we came home with about two or three more of the figures. Uh, and so that was really the my first introduction to, I guess, action figure. Well, oh, Collecting is not the right word, but, but certainly seeking out additional figures from a series. And I can then remember collecting Star Wars figures right through uh, pretty much until they, they sort of finished up uh, right through sort of Return of the Jedi when the Power of the Force coins came out and that sort of thing. So I can certainly remember every time I used to get sort of sorted pocket money uh, going to my local mall, which had a couple of toy shops and picking up figures. I can remember making decisions like not getting the R2-D2 with the... Um, the, the periscope because I already had an R2-D2 and I was happy with the one I had. And so wow. that was... Self-control from an early age. I know. It's it's crazy. <laughs> so so they were certainly my my earliest memories of, of going after specific figures. Um, I, I certainly... One thing that I do not recall seeing at retail, at least in the city that I grew up in, is Mego. Um, a lot of people talk quite fondly about having Mego as a child, but... I just don't remember seeing them on shelves ever in any form, um, not even sort of passing through to the Star Wars section. Oh, okay. So, well, Adam, you're probably going to be not help, much help with that because you're not the right vintage, but what, what, <laughs> what, 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 what are your earliest memories of retail toys in Australia? Yes, the young fella. I, I can remember getting would have been, there would have been a lot of Lego um, as a kid. Um, I think for... My brother and I were in a lot of space Lego, and then after that, we got to think the next kind of few waves that Lego did after that, all themes was um, knights and pirates. So we don't have much of that stuff because I think that's kind of when we were getting out of buying Lego so much. Um, we had a lot of the um, superpower, the DC superpowers figures, um, and we got the Batmobile and the um, Superman's ship and Lex's ship. We've still got all of those around the place in um, very, very pre-loved condition. Um, Transformers we had a lot of. Uh, we had a lot of masks. What else did we get a lot of? 
think that the earliest thing that I actually have, the earliest single memory that I have is from my fourth birthday when I got um, Ram Man from the original Master <laughs> of the Universe wave. That and, you know, going to Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, the other one that we would have had heaps of as kids would have been Transformers or Transformers and He-Man stuff, so... Okay. Yeah, definitely Masters of the Universe for me too. I, I remember as I was winding down with some of the Star Wars stuff, Masters of the Universe picked up and uh, I can definitely remember. I started getting into them, but yeah. I, I sort of collected most of the early figures, but by then I was just hitting high school and decided I was too old for toys and um, I boxed up all my Star Wars figures. Uh, I still have them today, but my uh, Masters of the Universe figures, including Castle Greyskull, um, I sold those. So, so yeah, they're probably the two major lines, I think, Star Wars and Masters of the Universe for me. What else? Oh, and Voltron. I remember Voltron being expensive as well when it came out the first time around. I remember I have a vague memory that, you know, this is back in the 80s or whatever, so the Lions being at least 20 bucks each for some of the smaller ones. So mark that up with inflation and you've got a pretty expensive toy. Yeah. So so, I guess when you move on then from childhood to your memories as a collector, um, you know, what are the first things that you remember collecting um, at retail in Australia, maybe you know, more as, a, as an adult? What, what lines and how well were they distributed? Uh, for me, I can recall my local mall, uh, Toys R Us, opened, which was a pretty big deal because I, I knew Toys R Us was a chain in the US and so getting this huge toy store was pretty cool. And one of the first things I can remember them stocking was the Batman, uh, Batman the Animated Series figures. And I can remember pegs and pegs of these figures. There must have been... Uh, probably three rows and at least sort of six or seven columns wide of pegs just full of the, the first few series. Um, I remember seeing Penguins Galore. Um, Penguin went on to be quite a, a sought-after figure. Um, and so that was the first series that really caught my eye just because of the opportunity universe build. So I can remember scouring the shelves, picking up a, sort of each of the new figures and... Um, skipping the, the Piranha Blade Batman variants. <laughs> oh, you're no fun. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And what about you, Adam? Um, I kind of dropped out of toys in a big way after, you know, well, around about, oh, when would that be? A bit before hitting high school. Um, so then when I got back into it, it would have been probably when I started getting into more anime stuff, um, which realistically there's not a lot of until we got, started getting the Dragon Ball Z figures, so I started getting into some of those. And that was, you know, I think we did get complete waves for a while there. Um, and then it just became a pain in the ass to try and find things. And um, and then after that, I think I'd see, started seeing Marvel Legends coming out, first few waves of that, and kind of going, oh, yeah, they look kind of cool. Kind of going, yeah, but, you know, not really into those characters at the moment and then of course you know 10 years later mm-hmm. i start going oh yeah marvel legends i should start getting um my getting some of those and regretting that i didn't get them the first time around <laughs> um, yeah i can certainly remember after batman the animated series um was in 
during Batman the Animated Series. That was probably the first uh, line I can recall actively chasing. But the Toy Biz, the 90s Toy Biz X-Men figures were also quite big. Um, there was also the the Edgar Rice Burroughs figures I mentioned on several podcasts ago. Oh, yes. uh, they, they sort of had the whole Edgar Rice Burroughs license. So there was Tarzan and John Carter and all that sort of thing. Uh, I can remember those on the shelves as well. And I picked up uh, quite a few of those. Um, I actually skipped despite at the time being um, a mad keen X-Men fan, the the nineties to- toy biz X-Men figures. I just could not get into because they were so bad, but um, I can remember the shift with action figure collecting happening when McFarlane really started to bring out the Spawn figures. That's that's when action figures took a huge leap forward in, uh, in articulation, in design and sculpt, uh, and I can remember figures being very sought after. Oh, I can... Uh, I remember when Male Bolger or whatever that, that dude is called um, being one figure to a case was extremely sought after and was going for ridiculous amounts on the secondary market um, to the point where people were asking staff at Toys R Us if they had any unopened cases at the back because they're after a specific figure. Um, and that, that was, I think, the, the big shift. That's when things really started to pick up. Uh, what I remember originally being able to buy at retail because, I mean, I got into collecting as an adult, I think, in 2003. And one of the first things that I was able to find at retail were the early figures of the Justice League Unlimited line. And actually, a lot of them, as well as being at Toys R Us and that sort of thing, they were also pretty readily available at Woolworths, which is one of our um, supermarkets. Chains, so you know they have a little toy aisle, um, and I collected a lot of those early uh, single figures and even some three packs from there. Um, but I also remember, kind of in the years leading up to um, doing that purchasing, I do remember seeing a lot of Marvel Legends um, around. A lot of also that first wave of the Art Asylum Star Trek uh, figures. Um, the the sixties oh, figures, yes. those, those were at Toys R Us. I remember looking at those and thinking that they were beautiful, but you know that I wasn't that didn't do that kind of thing. But um, my my kind of experience of buying toys at retail has been very sporadic because once I started collecting, the stores stopped stocking action figures, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you guys remember seeing the Kenner Total Justice figures on the shelf? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I can remember collecting Total Justice, and when I when they first came out, they had some pretty decent sculpts. And I mean, looking back now, they seem a bit kind of um, sad. But uh, I I really thought, wow, this is a great opportunity to universe build. There's some really cool figures, and it wasn't long before uh, the, the the basically the toy retailers in certainly in my city uh, stopped getting them, and then through various publications like. Um, Tomart's Action Figure Digest and um, Lee's, oh, I can't remember the name of their magazine, but you know, there used to be a couple of them, and that was even before Toy Fair started. Um, there were subsequent waves of Total Justice, and I just don't ever remember them coming to Australia, the series with Despero, uh, etc. and that's when I finally realised that, that a lot of the toy retailers here are run by idiots. Well, one of the things, yeah. obviously, I think that has had a huge impact on what I've seen in... Um, stocks of toys at retail is that the movie figures that haven't done well 
I think have really um, caused the retailers to cut down on what else they buy. So when I think back to um, Superman Returns, um, that you know that's one in particular that just sat on the shelves for ages. And you know, and you know, for instance, we never got here in Australia um, DC Universe classics. Um, You know, I, I actually saw. One wave, like wave 11 once at Meyer in Brisbane. I have no idea why the hell they had it <laughs> um, because you know, it's certainly not something that y- you saw around here. But around the time that DC Universe came out is around the time that a lot of our retailers just stopped um, stocking six-inch figures altogether. Yeah, my, my understanding from what I've managed to glean from various people and uh, that sort of thing was that the DC superheroes, the line that preceded DC Universe Classics, was such a poor well, which seller. We, we did have that here. Uh, You're right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, but they, they were such a poor seller that they just chose not to get any more Mattel DC figures. <laughs> so the, the next question I think is going to be heavily balanced one way. I've, I've said, you know, what do you love or loathe? about shopping for toys at retail in Australia. I can't imagine that there's much love, um, but, I, you know, I could be wrong. Um, you know, but what, what are the things that you find really challenging um, or annoying? Um, well, I, I might kick things off with a okay. positive because uh, there, there'll be so few of those. But uh, for a long time, uh, I actually knew the manager of Toys R Us in my town quite well and... He, he was good enough to keep an eye out for things for me and when certain lines did actually hit, uh, he would ask if there was a specific figure I was looking for and, and would actually open a case just so that I could get the one-off um, female figure or, or something like that. So for a while it wasn't too bad. You, you could actually get access to figures. And for a lot of lines, they for a while there, you used to actually get a volume of figures. The, the shelves would actually be quite heavily stocked instead of these days, you know, you get one or two pegs if you're lucky. Um, but back in the old days, they were, um, they'd get, you know, six or seven cases and have them all out on the shelf at once. And I, I mean, I can even remember that with the early Marvel Legends. There was just hordes of them mm. on the shelf. Okay, so good positive. <laughs> okay, now what do you find, what do you find challenging? Oh, I think now um, it became pretty ob- for me. It became pretty obvious that the, 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 the I guess the people behind the scenes ordering the figures they didn't really have any understanding or commitment to a specific line. So um, they they wouldn't just sort of go, oh, that's the new wave of Marvel Legends, and oh, it's got that particular figure in it. You know, that'll be popular. Uh, I think they're genuinely. Uh, is a, a huge disconnect between the person who sits in the chair ticking the boys' action figure boxes on which products to bring into the store uh, and, and what what people are actually after. So I can remember picking up Marvel Legends Series 1, Series 2, Series 3, Series 4, then being really excited about Marvel Legends Series 5 because it had Colossus and Sabretooth and that sort of thing, and then suddenly Series 6 was on the shelf. Uh, so after a large gap, should I say, um, and there was no Series 5. And I can remember ringing Toys R Us headquarters in Australia and saying, well, what happened to Series 5? And the guy was completely oblivious to the fact that there even was a Series 5. Like, he, he, he wasn't actually associating wave numbers with them. Like, he just thought that was just the next bunch that were coming out and he didn't realise that 5 had been missed. And so I got the usual, oh, look, you know, I'll, I'll find out and, and give you a call back. And, um, look, I'm sure he's still finding out and he's going to get back to me, but, you know, that was eight years ago. Um, 
And so, sure enough, then I picked up Wave 6 and I can remember seeing probably at least 15 juggernauts on the shelf and should have grabbed them all, but I didn't. Um, and then, again, there was a huge gap and I thought, well, when is Wave 7 coming out? And so on the phone to Toys R Us again and they were like, oh, yeah, they're scheduled for November, which was a couple of months away. Uh, November came and went and then sort of three months after that, um, Wave 8 is on the shelf. <laughs> and so we missed, we skipped 7 oh, I altogether. It. I love it. And that's when I was, uh, that was when I pretty much was resigned to the fact that, that these guys just had no clear understanding of, of I guess, waves and, uh, you know, character assortment and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that was the, the beginnings of the frustrations, I guess. What about you, Adam? So from my point of view, there's, you know, one, maybe two positives um, in Australia. The first positive would be that we do have specialty stores. They, they have people that do get it. Yes, you pay through the nose, but you can get stuff. Um, the other positive would be if you do like something like Transformers or Ben 10, flavour of the decade, stuff that will get milked for a million years, um, you're probably in a bit of luck. You're going to find something that you want. <laughs> um, yes. Other than that, gee, where do you start? I mean, if you've ever gone into a store and you've looked for something spe- specific and you've said, oh, you know, I noticed you've got this wave of whatever out, if they have any clue what the wave is, yeah, sure, great. And then you say, you know, this particular figure. And they'll look in their database and they go, oh, no, we've got heaps of that. And you go, and I've just checked all through the shelves. And they go, no, we've got heaps of that. <laughs> because the only number that they have is across, like, five different lines so of three and three-quarter figures, right? I mean, the whole database system is, or, you know, point of sale is not set up to handle um, collectors. It's set up to handle just milking people exactly. for money. Yeah. Uh, Customer service, you know, I've had similar things like Ben had with um, when the Phantom Menace came out and, you know, you started getting the fancy lightsabers and whatnot and I put one on, on um, hold because I didn't have any in. And, you know, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you when it comes in. Uh, yeah, never got that call back. Uh, no, no, never. 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 No. Ever. <laughs> uh, that, that also was through Toys R Us, right? And I remember when Toys R Us opened in Adelaide and it was a big deal and, you know, oh, blah, 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 you know, finally we get a real toy store. And then five years later, it's down the down the drain, right? Yeah. Um, Lego, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit fortunate because we've got a um, a specialist hobby Lego store near us. Um, it's like five minute drive away kind of thing. So if I'm willing to pay through the nose, I can get all the latest Lego in a reasonable time frame. Um, although through the nose isn't entirely fair; it's only slightly marked up. Um, the rest of the Lego sets, yeah, okay. You'll get them at some stage, maybe. Um, yeah, we, we don't get any exclusives, you know, we don't get entire toy lines now. Um, if it's not tied to a movie, you're probably not going to see it. Um, if it's not tied to a popular television show for kids, you're not going to see it. Um, basically it's abundantly clear that, you know, collectors don't even figure into how these guys think. It's all about the only people we're selling to are children. Yeah, again, I think it comes back to the the people in the position to order the stock are uh, just not across the differences. So, for example, uh, I you talked about uh, the glut of figures that are left over um, due to sort of big summer movies and that. I mean, I can remember movies like Independence Day, um, that movie Attack of the Giant Lizard Monster, because I can't bring myself to actually call it by its real name, <laughs> Um, 
I, I just remember hordes and hordes of stock being left over and eventually going into those centre aisle sort of dump bins on special. And uh, th- that sort of thing leaves a sour taste in in the mouth of the person that orders it because, you know, you've got to answer to higher powers and um, and try and explain to them why that you've got to, you know, cut your losses on a particular um, brand and, and why it hasn't sold. And I think by default, superheroes just tend to get wrapped up into Mm. that as well. Um, But in particular, they don't have the added push of, say, a movie. So Independence Day, um, you know, you get that stuff in and you've got a movie out there which helps drive the image of these toys. But then if you get a a line like DC Universe Classics, they just go onto the shelf. There's no toy line. There's no cartoon series. There's nothing to sort of help push them. Um, And so, you know, you, you get... This, um, you know, these products just coming in sort of haphazardly. But the other thing I, I actually wanted to mention is for a long time, the Australian dollar was in the mm. crapper. Um, yeah, another mm. toilet reference there. Um, I mean, I can remember when the Australian dollar was borderline 50 cents. Uh, one Australian dollar bought um, 50 cents US. And so um, when Marvel Legends got to about wave sort of eight or nine, um, they were retailing in Australia for $30 a figure, twenty nine ninety five. Um, so, you know, for all those people, you know, on, on the toy forums, even today, who, you know, bitch about the new Marvel Legends hitting their Toys R Us and being $18, you know, all I can say is boo fucking who. Because <laughs> um, seriously, I mean, $30 a figure. And it was at that point that I just went, well, you know what, now they're actually getting the figures, but now I refuse to pay $210 for a seven-figure wave. Um, so that's when I started looking at alternatives and, and really started getting into eBay. And then I basically got into a habit of uh, as soon as the figures were available on eBay, there were plenty of sellers who would sell sets. And it's like, well, what do I do? Do I wait for Toys R Us to maybe get them? Um, there's a good chance they'll skip the wave entirely. And then even if they do get them, they're going to be $30 a figure. So why would I bother? Uh, indeed. Indeed. It's driven us into that vicious cycle, right? We know that they're going to shaft us, so we expect it, so we don't support them if they do get it. We complain about it bitterly if they don't bring them in, so clearly they're never going to bring them in again. Yeah, why yeah it you, is. If you were a retailer, why would you bring these things in? You, yeah. I've said it before, time and again, every time, you know, every time we have this, the, the general, you know, someone complains about, for example, Mattel, and all their, oh, why do they only put out however many on, you know, on the first release of a figure? And I'm going, well... Yeah, okay, but look at it from their side of the fence. What if no one really wants it? Everyone's clamouring for it to begin with, and, you know, if they sell half of what they have of stock, then they're clearly not going to make more. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it is a... It, we have to remember, too, it's such a niche market, really. You know, it's a small group of people that are <laughs> interested in this stuff, and it is a, you know, I, I think that the day... My, my days of kind of expecting to see anything at retail um, are are yeah. over. If, if I do now, it is a huge surprise and bonus. But really, you know, whereas once upon a time, you know, I had kind of my regular little path that I would cut through the shopping center just to check out the different toy aisles. You know, now I, I rarely bother because you kind of know what's going to be there. And like you said, because we're so, we can't rely on the fact that anything will come out, anything that you really want, you've already pre-ordered anyway, um, to, to make sure that you're going to get yeah. it. So yeah. you know, it's challenging. We, we did um, put this out to our Facebook page and we got a couple of responses. Um, Craig, 
said this was in, you know, what do you love or loathe about Troy retail shopping in Australia? Craig said the complete absence of some lines, poor case mixes and missing waves. And that just echoes what we've already said, that you, know, you can't rely on the fact that if you, if you get one wave of something that you'll get another. And yeah. then Steve said, yep. um, I agree with Craig, and also the wretchedness of the fun, quote-unquote, of pursuing bloody exclusives, most of which you will never get out here without throwing chunks of your living flesh at eBay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> also the poor knowledge and indifference of the chains. Yeah, it's uh, something I was thinking before is what became, um, again, that evolution which started with skipping waves uh, eventually led to skipping entire lines. You, you would sort of wait and go, oh, well, you know, it's only a matter of time before they get this particular line and it would just simply never show up. Um, and it was actually uh, very odd because quite often you would be looking at a, the same manufacturer. So McFarlane was a classic example. They would get in a particular series of spawn, but then there would be another McFarlane series that they just wouldn't get at all. Um, and it's like, well, it's the same manufacturer, so it must have the same distributor. And my understanding is that the retailers in Australia order from distributors, and those distributors pay a lot of money to companies like Mattel and Hasbro uh, to get the license for, to, to import these toys, and then they on-sell the product um, to, to the masses. But uh, it, I guess if the distributor is actually not bringing the stock in to begin with, then Toys R Us aren't actually going to order it mm. from them. Mm. It's a tricky one. Oh, there's another great comment from Dale who said, by Australian, <laughs> by Australian collectors, do you mean collectors who live in Australia or people who collect Australians? Because I'd love to collect Nicole Kidman. Oh, jeez. Dale, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. You could... You can have her. You can have her. We'll, we'll even give you free oh, postage. Poor Nicole. <laughs> uh, but something that uh, Adam mentioned, which was interesting, was the retailer exclusives. Um, you know, something that never, I, I just never could get my head around is you would be reading the latest issue of Toy Fair and they'd be talking about some Star Wars action figures and then there'd be a certain figure that was a Target exclusive. And sure enough, your local Target had lots of Star Wars toys, but that Target exclusive would just simply mm. never show up. Um, and you'd sort of think, well, why? I mean, we have Target here too. They have Star Wars figures. Why don't you naturally get that Target exclusive? Um, one of the things that we don't seem to get uh, in reverse is we never seem to have limited edition items like that that the US doesn't get. They, they don't seem to release things for the Australian market. But um, actually, one thing I guess to comment on there is that occasionally, for some particular reason, a series of figures will sneak through at retail in Australia and then something will actually happen and it won't go to retail in the US and therefore they become very collectible. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, retailer exclusives are basically, you know, un inaccessible for us here. And particularly, yeah, and yeah. particularly uh, one thing that we didn't do, I guess, for our, you know, international listeners is just kind of map out like what retail we actually have here. Um, you know, we have Kmart, um, we have Target. We have our two big um, department store chains that are Meyer and David Jones. Um, we have Toy World. We have Big W. Those are kind of our main options. And then Toys Toys yeah. Aren't Us, as yeah. we like to call them. Um, we don't have Walmart. <laughs> so anything that's a Walmart exclusive, you can just kiss goodbye right away because 
Didn't we yeah. see some Walmart or something exclusives at something like a Target or a Big W like a couple of years back? I've seen Target exclusive Star Wars figures at Toys R Us. Okay, there you go. It even even has the even has the Target sticker, like as in that that logo on okay. it. So, and I think that's probably the one and only time I've ever seen a store exclusive, and it was in the wrong store. <laughs> well, I think Big W and um, Walmart are linked. Uh, you know, I think Big W might have some sort of link to to Walmart. I'm not sure, but um, but we've never seen any flow on, you know, for 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 us from that. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. but Toy World pretty much died sometime in the '80s, didn't it? And then it came back. So yeah. we always have yeah. Toy Worlds, and then they disappeared, and then all of a sudden, there's sprung up Toy Worlds again. It, yeah. Toy World can be a um, it depend. It depends totally on the shop. Some, some, yeah. you know, useless. But you know, sometimes if you're going to find anything, you will find it at Toy World. Something else that actually just came to mind then was just picking up from what Adam said is that something, a trend that seems to be very common with Australian toy retailers now is that they will sit back, look at their numbers and go, gosh, um, Ben 10 seems to be selling okay. Let's order in oh, another 15 tonnes of Ben 10 stock. Uh, no, no, let's make it 20 tonnes of Ben 10 stock. And what we'll do is we'll get rid of everything else that's in this particular aisle uh, and replace it with Ben 10 because it's at least popular. And so you end up with what used to be an action figure aisle devoted to maybe superheroes uh, suddenly has one or two lone figures in amongst just hordes of Ben 10. And so we see phases where products like Ben 10 will just rule the aisles. And if it's not that, it's that Bakogu or I can't even yeah. pronounce it. Um, and and they, they just seem to follow that that trend where if something's selling, then you need to buy as much of it as you can until you basically wear out even the Ben 10 collectors. <laughs> Whoever they that's, are. That's kind of the standard Australian risk-averse market. Look at things. Though. You see it all over the place. Why have we only got two supermarket chains? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, starting to wrap this up, what's the best find that you've ever made at retail in Australia? Oh, gosh, um, I don't know. Has there ever been a good one? <laughs> there has to be one. Come on. Um, I've done pretty well with finding variants of Marvel Legends uh, for the waves we did get. Uh, I certainly I didn't pick up the Stealth Iron Man in Series 1 uh, like Justin did, but that's simply because I wasn't actually aware it even existed. But I've certainly had a pretty good run. I know in, I forget which wave it was now, they reissued the blue and yellow Giant Man figure from a um, from the X-Men box set a few years before. And uh, I picked that up. And I certainly, with Marvel Legends, picked up a lot of the variants, such as the bald bishop versus the normal bishop um, and that sort of thing. So I, I used to find those at retail pretty regularly. What about you, Adam? I thought I was doing kind of well the other week when I got the um, the Marvel Lego sets from the specialist store, and then you know three weeks later they rock up at every other bloody retail outlet. <laughs> so I'm now discounting um, specialist stores from this. 
because I'm, as you know, big into the three three quarter Marvel Universe scale things. When um, X Men First Class came out, I was just massively surprised that we got some of the two packs for that. Hmm. Well, I don't think it was it was tied to the the movie, but I think it was you know kind of a couple of months after that we got the the two packs. I was just astounded that they got them because you know it, Marvel Universe in this country, you, you'll get. Half you don't even get a full wave. You get half of a wave, and then yeah. nothing for five months, and then half of another wave that yeah. has nothing related to the other half. So I was surprised that we actually got all of those two packs. So I grabbed a couple of those. I didn't grab the Wolverine and Sabretooth one because that was just a repaint of I think the Sabretooth only or something, or a repackaging from the Wolverine movie. So okay, but yeah, yeah, that'd be about as good as you get, I think, in recent years. Oh, I must remember to mention the Marvel Legends Fin Fang Foom oh, series yes. going on sale yeah. at, at the Aldi supermarket. So I went a little crazy <laughs> with that. So we don't even have Aldi. We didn't even have that option in South Australia. Yeah, yeah. But well, here's you, don't, you don't have Aldi in South Australia. Australia. No. no, still. Oh, no. Those, yeah. those crazy Germans are invading yeah. slowly. Yeah. Um, the other one that you sometimes find weird things at is. Um, just the airports. You just find, you know, DC Universe classics or something. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly. That, you yes. know, you don't see in any other store, although they have started coming in, I think, um, seeing a few at Toys R Us. But, yeah, otherwise you just see nothing. And they're like, oh, look, there's this one random two-pack. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> what, one thing that I, well, what about you, I was Scott? able to find here was actually Toys R Us had the um, DC Universe Green Lantern Corpse figures, um, pretty expensive, but I did manage to pick up a couple that I wanted extras of. Um, you know that was good. I do, re- you know, remember coming across a couple of um, older waves of Marvel Legends at you know different points, kind of in some country town or whatever, and go, oh my gosh, there's that figure, and you know, no, no one's grabbed it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have a hugely memorable <laughs> find. Okay, well, well, I think we should try and tie a bow around this. Any other salient points that people want to make? Thank you, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Internet. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's pretty much all yeah, I can we say would as be well. truly lost you without it. And also, sometimes the generosity of our um, fellow collectors overseas definitely has been a huge help. It's one of the oh, great absolutely. things about being part of the the wider toy community, for sure, is that, you know, there's times where people have been incredibly helpful to us in helping us find things that we just wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic of the week. We will be back in just a moment with some feedback before we bring things to a close. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. We do love to get your emails, so if you would like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, please email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you might just hear it read out like the ones tonight. And Ben, you have your fir- our first piece of feedback tonight, so over to you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Scott. Uh, it's from Raymond, and Raymond says, Guys, just wanted to let you know I'm really enjoying the AFB podcast. I've been a long-time fan of Action Figure Blues, and it's great to see it evolve into this form. 
I don't really have time for message boards, so listening to you on the podcast makes me feel like part of the fun. I like the fact that you guys all have real lives and talk about that as well as your collections. <laughs> uh, I'm a dad like many of you, and I enjoy including my kids in my collecting, and it's great to hear stories of you doing the same. especially love the stories of, uh, ju- of the Justin family feeling up the Lego singles. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Star Wars and G.I. Joe fan. I've enjoyed your Star Wars features. Any chance of some G.I. Joe attention down the line? And um, the answer is yes. As soon as we can sort out the uh, fact that we're talking to you from the future and, uh, <laughs> and uh, as some of you might be aware, John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd, he's a bit of a Joe fan. Uh, he reviews Joe figures regularly on the AFB forum and uh, we're still sort of sorting out the logistics of getting him on the show, but he's a Joe collector. Indeed. Now, well, we definitely will... Um, we are trying to work out how to have him on, so and we'll definitely get him talking about G.I. Joe when we do. And, Adam, you have the second email. Yep, so we've got another letter from Sam Booker. It says, Hello, Scott and gang. I've just finished listening to episode 18 of your podcast, and I really enjoyed the discussion at the beginning about Avengers v. X-Men. Uh, you guys should talk comics more because you do it well. So thanks for that, Sam Booker. Thank you. Yes, we, I mean, we... We don't try to. We try not to go into that territory too much because this is an action figure podcast, and we know that not all of our listeners are comic book people as well. But um, it's definitely something that we can think about and that we can bring in when it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Particularly with um, Ben's encyclopedic knowledge of comic books and first appearances and issue numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Just mar- just Marvel. I'm hopeless with DC. I, I've never met anyone that can rattle off issue numbers of things in the way that you're like, you know, in Captain America 238, when blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I think it's just because uh, you've just happened to hit, you know, a, spe- a specific vein of information. I'm, I'm sure my luck's about to run out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that feedback again. We really do appreciate it, and we would love to have more. And particularly if you have any ideas of what you would like us to discuss or focus on, we're always are keen to hear that and that brings us to the end of episode number 19 of the action figure blues podcast we do hope that you've enjoyed listening you'll be able to download this and future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at itunes and if you do go to itunes please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review while you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and PopCulture.com who all help keep the site running and the lights on. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all on the Action Figure Blues forum at afbforum.com where you will find Ben posting as Fish Milkshake, you'll find Adam posting as Westy, and you'll find me posting as Scotty. We'd love to hear from you with any comments, etc. We've already said that, so email us, podcast at actionfigureblues.com. Uh, or please consider joining the AFB forum, and you can tell us there. We would love to have you joining in on our discussion online. You can also follow us on Twitter, Action Figure Blues at AFBlues, and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. And with that, we are about to turn 20. How exciting. Yay. yay. <laughs> we forgot to say we were barely legal last week, so yay, we're, nine, we're 19. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>
alright. It's alright. It's okay. It's alright. The idea that Tony Stark can invent Phoenix busting armor is offensive, by the way. Why? <laughs> it's just not right. <laughs> Phoenix busting armor, come on. Come on. Far out, what is wrong with you? <laughs> What's actually cool? Like, There's nothing cool about it. It's children's <laughs> toy icons on the toilet. The stronger the um, the stronger the light, the faster he goes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, the, the Japanese are, um, the Japanese are fascinated with toilets for some I, reason. I can't believe that not owning a toy of a character on the toilet makes me the odd, Wait, I'm no, the odd one out in this group. <laughs> Thank you, Cher. Cher. Uh, oh, I've got to wipe tears away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on caramel. What's caramel? Uh, well, yeah, that's what I say when it's like, it's caramel. You're missing a letter. Oh, caramel. Caramel corn. That's different from a name. <laughs> that's different from a name. 